According to recent studies, including one by Kiplinger Magazine, 49% of individuals earning $100,000 a year or more live paycheck to paycheck and likely cannot go more than one month without an income without devastating consequences. I'm Joe, my pal over there is Kurt, and we are Dudes in Progress. Hi, Kurt. Hey, Joe. What's going on, man? You want to read our mail out loud a little bit? <laughs> you mean the little practice session we just had without hitting the record button? Yeah, the 30-minute practice session we just had. Was it that long? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't hit the record button. Now, the funny thing is, every single time I've recorded, I've recorded on my side as a just-in-case backup. All right. That's right. I didn't record this time. And I looked over about, about five minutes into our conversation. I thought, ah, that's okay. Kurt's got it on his end. No big deal. And so I didn't, I didn't record on my side either. So we just had a really good practice session. So we'll see, we'll see where this takes us. Right. <laughs> hey, I think it'll be better every time I've done this. It's, it's no problem. I don't well, think I've ever done it. I don't, I'm not sure it's happened to me and I've done. I've done several hundred podcast episodes myself, probably into the thousands, and I don't think I've ever just forgot to hit the record button. Well, I'm glad you're taking it well. Of course. No worries, man. No worries, man. We have uh, fun talking with each other. Yeah. You know, we, we haven't had a chance to really chat deeply in a, in a bit. We, uh, uh, I had to cut out early uh, during our last Saturday conversation. And, uh, just haven't, haven't connected a lot this week. So I'm glad to talk to you, my friend. Well, you know, after you left, Clay and I were talking about my bathroom renovation I've been doing. I was asking some questions. I'm having trouble pulling up the floor and figuring out what I got underneath for subfloor and how much I'm going to rip out and what I'm doing. But so I had a good session with our buddy Clay too. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. We're in this book, Psychology of Money and Talking About Money, and uh, today's episode doesn't necessarily come directly from Psychology of Money, but I want to ask you, Kurt, would you consider yourself a saver? I would say I have had seasons of being a really good saver. I don't think we live too extravagantly. The reason I say seasons of, I've gone through several years, recent years, of putting three kids through college. And that's hard to save mm -hmm. if you know the expenses of putting three kids through college. But I am in a season now where I'm getting ready to get back to that and saving heavily, looking at expenses, really studying and figuring out what I want to do for the, the remainder. I would say there's honor in that because you were living out your values and you valued providing a good education for your children and you lived out your values. And that's why you make money. Part of the reason that you make money, part of the reason that you work is to live out your values and providing an education for your children is part of the way that you, you are living out your values. So really good for you on that. Hmm. Be proud of yourself, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you and I, we talk about regrets and a lot of times I can't think of any, and I've tried to look back at how I did this. 
and could I have done better? And I'll tell you, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if a college education is worth what the expense is. You know, could I have done or been very strict with them going to community college for a couple of years? That's probably the best I can come up with. But I don't know, without getting into all the nitty gritty details, it's it's an expensive venture. I I hope we can figure that out as a society. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, education and the cost of it is just keeps going up. It hasn't slowed down whatsoever. Of course, it's in the political discourse right now of loans that kids have, but I can tell you parents have loans too. Certainly. <laughs> and Certainly. huge expenses. I mean, it's a big drain on our, on our savings for sure. I would consider myself a saver. I've implemented a couple strategies that help me save that we might talk about here in the show, but I just wanted to have a general conversation about saving money and how to save and why to save and, uh, and when to save and all of that good stuff. And I think back to the great flood of 2023 at my house. And had I not had an emergency fund, a, a considerable emergency fund set aside, the amount of time that it took for insurance to final, finally settle uh, was literally several months. Had I not had some kind of an emergency fund set aside, I wouldn't have, I, I don't know how we would have lived. We would have lived in squalor. I mean, without, without any kind of floors, without, uh, without a, a kitchen sink or any kitchen to speak of, it would have been devastating had I, had I not had some savings set aside to dip into and start the majority of those repairs and complete the majority of those repairs on my dime as insurance did its thing. And insurance took a long, long time. I, I believe yeah. you me. So I, I consider myself blessed. To, to, to have been able to save that and have that, have that money there uh, as the insurance worked itself out. That's why I have an emergency fund for situations like this that come up. Yeah, well done, Joe. I was really impressed that you, you did it that way. And from that Psychology of Money book, I think one of the points that stuck out for me, I've always thought of saving as saving for something, something big, like a down payment on a house, a vacation. Think of those things, not just what he said, save for the sake of saving. And I'm like, oh, what a profound, I mean, you used the the term emergency fund, which you probably learned from Dave Ramsey. I did. He talks about, that's what I figured, which is a great, a great philosophy, but just to save for the sake of saving. I really liked that idea, which is really probably an emergency fund, but it's, it gives you confidence in a little bit of uh, security. I like it too, that. Kurt. I like it too, because on, on a couple different levels, for your own personal development, to be in some kind of a discipline where you are setting money aside, not only do you have the money set aside, but you're building a certain discipline within yourself to save money just, just for the sake of saving money, to enjoy saving money. I think it's a great concept. I really do. Did that opening statistic surprise you? (laughs) I know people are not saving, but what's surprising about that statistic is the income of the people 
that aren't saving over a hundred thousand. I mean, that used to be something to strive for. I remember years ago thinking, boy, if I could get my income over a hundred K, boy, that'd be great success. That was, that and was almost like is. the pinnacle. That was almost yeah. like the pinnacle of, of income, right? I and, think so for a working person. I think that was something great to strive for. Right. But to hear that people at that level are not saving 50%, that's, that is very surprising. Yeah. And cannot go more than one month without an income, without devastating consequences. I mean, it basically says they've extended themselves beyond their means. They yes. have bills, car payments, loans. I don't know. There's, there's a lot extra stuff going in there if that's the case. So that's, that's, that's one way that I, I save money, Kurt is, uh, is I pay cash for almost everything. Mm -hmm. I don't go into debt. Now I have a credit card. We have a couple credit cards actually that we use for almost every purchase. And I guess technically you could say for a period of time, I am borrowing money. So I am in debt, right? But mm -hmm. once a week, I pay that credit card off. At the end of every week, I see how much we've spent. I've probably known how much I was going to spend before I spent it, but I see how much we spent and on that credit card, whatever the balance is, and I pay it off, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it might be, I pay it off. So I've, I never carry a, a monthly balance on my credit card. So I never incur any fees. I never incur any, any, any interest. And I earn points throughout the year. And sometimes those points there, there's been years, more, more years than not that our credit card points have given us several hundreds of dollars, uh, in, in gift cards and cash at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, again, none of these things should rock your socks off and be surprised about again, it's discipline to pay attention to these things and to make habits of them. The number one tool that I've used throughout the years uh, to help me save money is I have set up uh, direct deposit allocations uh, where uh, I go to my HR department and you can, if you have a job, you can do this too. Go to your HR department and almost everybody is being paid via direct deposit now. Uh, I'd like to know the statistic behind that, but I can only guess almost everybody is being paid via direct deposit. And there could be some, there can be some social commentary about that as well that we won't get into, uh, but I'm paid via direct deposit and I've, I visited my HR department and I said, Hey, I want a portion of this direct deposit to go into this special account. And the, the thing about this special account, Kurt, is it's not easy for me to get to the, the money automatically goes in there every paycheck. But if I want to get money out of there, there's a lot of friction. There's hmm. a lot of friction. I, I have to call them. Uh, I have to tell them, Hey, I want to take money out and they send me paperwork. They'll, they'll email paperwork to me and, uh, I have to fill out that paperwork and send it back. And either they'll send me a wire transfer for money or they'll send me a check. So it's not easy to get to purposefully. <laughs> it's not easy to get to. 
what is this account? Is it like Fort Knox or something? <laughs> Swiss bank account? I, mean, I don't know. What are you doing here? It's an account with a financial institution. I'm not going to get right. give you too much detail here, but uh, uh, but it's an, an it's an account with a financial institution. It's not a bank. I'll tell you that much. It's not. You okay. just can't run down to your neighborhood bank. Uh, it's not a bank. They don't have branches. It's not a bookie, is it? Uh, it's not a bookie, right? <laughs> it's not a loan shark. Loan shark. You know, <laughs> it's not anybody like that. All right, not, you got my curiosity. But I like I like the brain trick you're doing there for sure. That's and. I, that's the truth. The, the thing is I have to do that for me because by nature, I'm undisciplined by nature. Right. I can be as flaky as a bowl of cereal, man. And, and unless I employ some of these, some of these strategies and some of these little tricks, I would be all over the place. And that's just mm-hmm. me being intellectually honest with myself. I know me. And so I know I have to set this kind of stuff up. So uh, every paycheck, a certain amount goes from my paycheck into the special account. And that's, that's my Mm. savings fund right there. And I don't miss it. We've learned to live without that money and it's served us well when we've, when we've needed it. I think that's so true. The folks that aren't saving that you gave in that statistic don't really realize how easy it is if you pay yourself first and you won't, we won't miss it. It'd be amazing how easy it is to get used to when you just set it and forget it. I think that's the same thing with your 401k, get that match at work, those kinds of things. That's what the best advice I think I ever got from my financial advisor that I worked with years and years ago was he said, max out your 401k. And, uh, I mean, we did pretty much that. That was a big part of savings that we did. And it was all about paying yourself first. You, you won't even miss it. Get used to it. Absolutely. Take advantage of, of, of your employer's 401k. And especially if your employer matches, at least give up to do. the match, at yeah. least give up to the match because that's just, that's free money. You're right. automatically doubling your money right there. Mm-hmm. At least give up to the match. If not, if you're not, if you're not completely maxing out your 401k, uh, that's probably the easiest way for the everyday person to save money. Uh, I, I strongly, I strongly believe in this, this, this automatic savings concept. Uh, and if you don't, if, if you don't have direct deposit, figure out a way to set up your checking account or your savings account to automatically take money on a regular basis and put it into a different account, some kind of investment account or savings account or an account that you can't get to. I know you're reading a book called, uh, how to be rich. Is that right? By Ramit Sethi? Sethi? Yeah, it's called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Ramit Sethi, his name is. Yeah, got back on the plan. It was a, a free book with the Amazon. I think they had a month for free. And I've been seeing that book come up as a research book. Again, I think I was using ChatGPT. What are some great financial education, personal financing book. And I don't know, the, the title didn't really, I thought it was, I don't know. Cheesy. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to say it. I wasn't turned on right away, but I'm about a third into the book and I do, he does definitely say big on savings and you know, though, Joe, he's talking mostly that about younger folks in their twenties and thirties, he's talking about 
get start early, the compounding of money, all these kinds of things. So I'm liking what I'm, I like his philosophy uh, and I'm learning some of the accounts that he's using the way he's setting up things. So again, as I always say, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I always look for something that I can apply that makes sense and I'll evaluate it as I go through, but absolutely good, good book so far. And I can't wait to talk to you about it and bring it to the podcast audience too. One of my favorite sayings is, do you know when the best time to plant a tree is, Kurt? <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago? 10 years ago. You know yeah. when the second best time to plant a tree is? Now. Right now. Exactly. So if, if there are those that waited a long time before they started saving money and started these investments, investment accounts, it's okay. It is what it is. Come to peace with the fact that, yes, indeed, you've lost the time value of that money. And, and that is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, you've lived your life. You've, uh, you've made your mistakes. You've had your victories. You've probably enjoyed a lot of that, a lot of that money that you spent and made some great memories, right? Memories are better than stuff. I'm known for that. And I believe in that. Grant yourself whatever, uh, whatever forgiveness you need to grant yourself and start right now. You know, that's what thing he talks about. He, he's talks to a lot of people and he gets excuses why people don't get started and trying to go from memory. It's things like, I don't have the money. I don't understand investing. And it's amazing. Once you sit down and decide that you're going to do it, it really doesn't, you know, people say, I don't have the time to get it going. They just keep, it's one of these things they procrastinate on. Just the, the little thing that you talked about contacting, however you contact your employer. Mine's all online. It's fast. We have it through Fidelity. It's all connected. And you can make these changes really fast and get it up and running. So it's no excuse. It's, again, discipline and make a decision to go to do these things. All these things are simple, they're not, again, but they're not easy. You know, it's funny. I, 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 I like that saying, simple but not easy. But once you get some rhythm, once you get, some, once you get into the groove, I know it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, Kurt. I mean, education. Once, 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 yeah. you learn, once you learn to live beneath your means and you realize you don't need that X, that X percent of your money that you thought you needed, that you're mm-hmm. going to spend on silly stuff like expensive coffee and mm-hmm. whatnot you know it's it's um it, it is easy not at first because mm-hmm. you feel like you're going to miss you're missing something or or you're you're letting somebody down or you're letting yourself down or you're missing an experience or your ego you have a lot of ego invested uh in a certain lifestyle i'm a frugal guy uh, I'm not super cheap, but I'm definitely a frugal guy. I live beneath my means. Uh, we don't have car payments. We, I buy relatively modest cars, and I do that purposefully because uh, a car is a utility to me uh, that I do want a certain level of comfort and, a certain, and certain amenities in my car, uh, but uh, I don't buy brand new cars because I, wanna, I want to live beneath my means. And I want to, yeah. and I want to buy based on value. You uh, spend a lot of time when you bought the car, you go through 
a long time. And it's funny in the book, he's, he's an Indian Mm -hmm. and I've worked with and spent a lot of time with some folks. So I was kind of finding it funny. He he jokes about it, but they're negotiators. Mm -hmm. He he was saying how his father is embarrassing. And my father-in-law was like this too. They'll embarrass you because they negotiate. They don't, they have no shame. And, you know, I mean, even a simple thing, like getting three quotes, you know, for a car from different dealers on the same car. Right. Now, how many people will go through that work and take those actions to do that? Very few. As Americans, we pay the sticker price. And how many people get caught up in the emotional purchase of it? Right. Yeah. And salespeople are good at what they do. They can tie your ego to this, to this purchase. They can tie your emotions to this purchase. They can tie your self-worth, your, your self-worth to this purchase. <laughs> yeah. And before you know it, you've spent 67, I know people who have spent $60,000, $70,000 on a car who make barely enough to live on. And, mm. and they finance it over a period of seven years because they have ego invested in this car. Uh, mm. Listen, if you have the money to spend $70,000, $100,000 on the car, on a car, God bless you for it, right? Mm. I'm not yeah. here to make a judgment statement in any way whatsoever about the, 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 the amount somebody spends on a car. But if, if, if you can't afford, if your car payment is more than your mortgage, that's probably a problem. Mm. <laughs> I would you, think. You know, one thing, unless you don't have a mortgage, right? Now, that's a different issue. Uh, I read recently about a 50, 20, 30 rule that makes perfect sense. And you can adjust this to whatever your lifestyle is. Uh, but to me, frameworks and processes and structure, it just works for me, right? So if I, have, if I can have a rule that I can follow, uh, for example, this 50, 20, 30 rule, I don't follow this exactly, but I follow something similar to that. It's, it's, it's a, it's a well-known rule to help you budget your money. In essence, what you do is you take 50% of your money and you use 50% on your money on your living expenses. This is your rent or your mortgage payment, your groceries, your utilities, your transportation, your insurance, whatever you need to survive. This, these are your survival needs, right? If you just need to keep a roof over your head and get to work every day and eat and stay warm and pay the, pay the insurance bills and all that, this is the money that you need. That's 50% of your money, right? That's what uh, this roommate talks about too. It's funny that you're getting there. The 50, 20, 30 rule. Well, he said 50% and he calls them fixed expenses. Right. Yep. These, These are your living expenses. These are your, where'd you get this from? Do you remember where you got this? I've read a couple articles recently and this 50, 20, 30 rule has popped up a few times. And so I, I looked up the 50, 20, 30 rule and I've used something very similar to this in my life. It's not exactly 50, 20, 30, but I think this is a good framework to use the 50, 20, 30 rule. So 50% is your, is that's your living expenses. No more than 50% should be spent on your living expenses. Right. Well, I think twenty eight percent is supposed to be your housing. Yeah, you, you so can even break. Yeah, you can even break that down even further and say there's about twenty two percent left for the rest. Right now, <laughs> keep 
keep in mind, this is take-home pay. Oh, okay. This is take-home pay. All right. This is take-home pay. Uh, so 50% of your take-home pay should be on your living expenses, groceries, Got utilities, like transportation, it. insurance, just what you need to survive, right? I That's like what this. you need yeah. to survive. Uh, some people, there are some people that make so much money that 50% would be, uh, would be crazy, you know, if they spent 50%. But this is just kind of your normal everyday person, 50% on, on your living expenses, 20% on savings and debt repayment. Now you got to do your debt repayment before you save. I'm, I'm a firm believer in, a, in an emergency fund. We talked about the benefits of an emergency fund in my personal life earlier. I'm a big believer in an emergency fund. So I think somebody should get, get to six months emergency fund as soon as possible. And what's, what's six months of emergency fund? It's six months of your living expenses, uh, what it takes for you to just to survive. It's this category, this 50% category. Uh, I think somebody should get to three to six months of, of an emergency fund as soon as possible. And once they get to, let's call it three months, a uh, three months emergency fund, then start taking that 20% and putting it in savings or excuse me, get out of debt and then start saving money, right? Get out of debt and start saving money. People will make the argument that they use debt for leverage and to make investments and all that other stuff. Kurt, I'm not that I'm not smart enough to do that. Let's take 20% of our money on savings and on debt repayment, create yourself an emergency fund, get out of debt and start saving your money. Save for the sake of saving, save for financial goals, save for, like I said, an emergency fund, save for retirement, whatever it might be, 20% of your money should go to savings and 30% of your money should go to your lifestyle. These are your wants. This is discretionary spending. This is dining out, hobbies, entertainment, vacations. Note, these things are not in your living expenses. Dining out is not a living expense, right? Entertainment, going to the movie, that's not a living expense. Vacation is not a living expense. As important as I think vacations are, it's not a living expense. 30% should, be, should go to your lifestyle. That's, that's, like I said, discretionary spending. Uh, all those niceties of life of life that we like to do or hobbies. Um, like I said, eating out, entertainment, vacations, whatever it might be, right? This is your lifestyle. Again, this, these are not your living expenses. Your living expenses are, are just what you need to live, right? Literally keep a roof over your head, keep food on the table, keep your lights on, keep your heat on and pay for all your necessary insurance, right? So that's the 50, 20, 30 rule. And it, it's, it's a flexible guideline. Use it to whatever your situation is right now. Just adjust the percentages to suit your financial situation and whatever your goals or, or your values are. I mean, I like, again, I've been reading about this with Remit, the 50% of your living expenses. That's a gr just that one right there by itself is huge to know. You know, am I spending too much for my car, transportation, my my house? Have I overspent the house? And I'm going to talk about this again in my resources. I'm giving it away a little bit, but there's a television program, Netflix, that he did. And he goes through 
tracking and working with a bunch of couples, mostly couples, I think it was. Yeah, people and what they're doing with their money. And this one young lady, she did really well. She bought herself a condo, was really proud of it, but she was living way beyond her means for her income. The condo was really just killing her. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that might have been the first time I heard this. 50% of your income should be towards your fixed expenses. Yeah, your living expenses. And, yep. and that was hard for her because she was really proud of it. But I think in the end, he convinced her that it probably is not a good time. And she had problems with the, the home, you know, extra expenses. She had no hot water in her shower for ever since she bought the condo and couldn't get it fixed. So because she couldn't afford to get it fixed. Well, the the condo association was responsible for it and they just kept putting her off, putting her off. I think he taught her how to contact them and, and take care of it. But still the fact that, you know, when you own a home, his thing is he doesn't necessarily recommend owning a home because of all those extra expenses that you don't, that you get surprised by when you own a home. Sure. Sure. There's, there's no, you know, there's no dishonor in renting. There's not. I mean, there's, there's a certain lifestyle to renting, uh, that has its, that has, is attractive in a way. Uh, you don't have to worry. The rent's going up right now. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I like this 50, 20, 30 rule. I think, I think it's important to have some kind of framework. Uh, I think it's important to budget your money, spend your money twice, spend it the first time on your budget, spend it the second time when you actually spend it. Uh, I'm not great at that, Kurt. I kind of have a budget in my head and I know how much I need to spend. I'm not so structured that I, I sit down every month with a strict budget and follow yeah. that budget to a T. Um, but generally I, th- I think it's, I think it's a good thing to have yeah. a budget, to spend your money twice, once on, once on paper before you actually spend it. And one when you, and once when you actually spend it. Yeah, he does talk about this. He, he doesn't believe in budgets, but if you're keeping your fixed expenses below 50%, you've done it. I mean, who cares what the mix is? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> it's, it's simple. It's simple. Sometimes it simplify it. Yeah sometimes somebody like me can get co- so caught up in a structure that it does you no good. Right. Hey, I gotta ask you something. Sure. On all of these, you got to take action, be disciplined. And I'm getting after some of these things. I was kind of, we've been putting off dealing with the cable company. <laughs> okay. Trying. We've been going back and forth, back and forth. And the service has just been horrible. They provide cable TV, but also our internet, which is really important, especially that we work from home and that we've had service disruptions in cable TV and internet. This company has been providing in this area for, since I was probably 12 years old, as far as I can remember, but we do have options. Now I was looking at frontier. I did get a flyer in the mail. I started talking to some friends at work. And I know a lot of people have cut cable and, and I don't know, I didn't see, we were doing some analysis. I didn't see where we would actually save money, but I think we might look some of the, at least for the first year, we will we'll put it that way. <laughs> but you know, it's just funny how we've been putting it off, putting it off. And I think we're finally going to make the switch after doing the research. Well, we cut cable decades ago. 
that really? Yeah, we cut wow. cable a long time ago. Uh, I was an early adopter of the Roku with with streaming channels and Netflix and some of those other uh, subscription services. You found savings in it, right? And I certainly did. I found a lot of savings in it. And then subscription creep came into my life <laughs> where, okay, I had Netflix and Netflix was, you know, I think it's $15 a month now. And then Amazon Prime comes in. That's $150 a year, right? Whatever the month, whatever that figures out to be monthly. And right. then I discover that that I can watch Yellowstone and all the office episodes I could possibly want uh, on the Peacock network. <laughs> so we get the Peacock network and then the grandkids come over and they want to watch Disney. So we get the Disney network yeah. and all these other networks start to creep in. Right. I know all these other, all these streaming services start to creep in. And before you know it, you're spending as much on these streaming services as you were for cable. For sure. Right. right. So my wife and I've talked about this and we're going to cut our streaming services in half. Uh, and maybe, maybe even more, we've not figured out yet what it's going to be, but we're going to cut our streaming, streaming services in half. And part of it is self-discipline. Uh, you know, it's so, it's so weird. This is getting a little off topic here, but it's so weird, Kurt, because I can't tell you how many times I've spent an hour a night (laughs) looking for something to watch on TV (laughs) to relax Yeah, before I go to bed. And I've wore myself out trying to find trying to find something on Netflix or Amazon Prime or or Peacock Network or Disney or Hulu. And before you know it, I'm like, man, I'm tired just trying to find something to watch. <laughs> it's so true. I've had this thought if we planned it out better, if we got some good recommendations, maybe for I like to watch a movie here and there, but I'll do the same thing. I'll spend <laughs> an hour trying to find something to watch and there's so many channels i can't decide i'd be better off to go down to the library and getting a dvd i think right right once a week right and just just the idea that that we that we spend a couple hours a night watching tv is probably not a not a good thing anyway right so we're gonna we're gonna cut that we're gonna cut that down not it's not so much of a budgetary thing because we could afford it if we wanted to but it's also a a discipline thing, you know, that's, it's a good example of what we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll have a couple discussions in the near future about things we're investing in and things Mm -hmm. we want to maybe put our money in and just to, just to see how it goes. So we can kind of go on this, on this path together on this, uh, on this, uh, on this trail together. Uh, but figure out a way to live beneath your means. And, and I'm not sure I, I, I talked about this and, in this, in this version of our recording, but I can't tell you how to live beneath your means, but you know what that means. You know Mm. what living beneath your means means. You know, the things that you could cut out, you know, the things that you could, that you could do without, you know, the, you, you know, what living beneath your means means to figure out a way to do that. I don't know your own. I don't know your personal life. I don't know your personal finance finances. Uh, I know mine and I know how I can live beneath my means. And I know there's some work that I can do as well. Uh, figure out a way to live beneath your means. Cause that's really the secret to financial security. Pay yourself first, set that money aside first, and then, uh, figure some kind of framework for budgeting your money. I really like this 50, 20, 30 rule. It's simple. It's easy. 
It's not restrictive. Uh, once you set it up and once you understand your framework, uh, you can live in peace, right? Yeah. I like that fame framework. You know, I'm going to add something as you've been talking and I've been doing this really recently. I said, I'm going to get after this and that's what it is. It's having, I'm almost making a game of this and getting after these things, Joe. I'm talking about the cable bill I'm working on. You know, today I called the dentist that did some work for me. I had a tooth extracted, which was at a different dentist that they referred me to. And they made me pay right up front where my regular dentist never does that. I gave them 300 and some dollars. But then my insurance came through and they owed me money. My wife's told me, been telling me for three or four days, you got to call them and get the refund. And, you know, it's just another one of these things, an administrative thing to do. But I think if I make a game out of this and just say, I'm going to get after these things and be really disciplined and have fun with it. I called them up and yeah, they admitted it right away. It was like no big deal. And, you know, they're going to credit my credit card for the, the overpay that I made. And my wife said, isn't that interesting that you had to call them <laughs> to get, to get the, the money that they owed you? Right. Right. That is very, I mean, it was $120 is what it was. So, but I think a lot of people, you know, live and, and don't pay attention to these things and it adds up. The, the other thing we're doing is the grocery store, one of them for sure. I think we figured out definitely on Sundays, maybe even Mondays, they mark down the meat, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to expire. I'm like saving 50% on meat. I'm buying chicken at 50% below and pork and even some beef and stuff. I'm, I'm having fun with it. I come home, I go, look what I got. <laughs> right. And, and that, that's a good point uh, to gamify some of this stuff. Yeah. Play a little game in your head. How much can you save on meat? <laughs> I got a freezer. I know. I'm getting excited about it. I mean, I, I came home, I got, well, I got this week's, and really, it was more than this week's meat. It, we're not, it's just two of us. I mean, it lasts a long time, but I got the freezer and yeah, I'm going to stock it up. And then those turkeys go on sale for Thanksgiving at like wicked cheap. Matter of sure. fact, I got three of them still in my freezer right now. 49 cents a pound or something like that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Buy seven <laughs> of them. Eat them throughout the year. That's a good point. They do fill up a big spot in your freezer. <laughs> but it's fun to pull one out during the year and just put it on my smoker. And I paid 49 cents a pound. In future episodes, I really want to talk about if we're saving money, and we, we have this lump sum of money here that we can do something with, how do we maximize that savings? And how do we maximize our investments? And what do we do with it now? Uh, maybe there are some books like this, like this book you're, you're, you're reading, or there's some resources that we can use to find out the best ways to invest this, this, this money that we've saved. Right. Let's, let's yeah. look into that. You know what? Like let's it. wrap it up right there, Kurt. I thought this was a good discussion, especially the second time around. <laughs> it was better the second time around, for sure. Do you have a win for the week? I do. I've talked about this kind of thing that I've been going on trips to New York City with my daughter. And this trip, I sent you some pictures from the road in New York City. I was thinking of you, Joe. And your faith and my, my friend, uh, Daniel ginger, I think I sent him some pictures too. 
St. Patrick's Cathedral. We walked. We were walking by it. We were really early. We had a sh- an evening show. We usually go and see matinees, but this I'll talk, talk about the show that I went to also. And we were heading off in Manhattan towards Central Park, way down, so farther than we usually go, past the all the bright lights of New York City. And there's St. Patrick's Cathedral. Joe, I was blown away mm. about this. I had no idea how ornate and intricate the, the stained glass and just, I mean, it's amazing and built in the 1800s. It kind of, it's got modern buildings all the way around it. So it doesn't look like it fits there, but, and very solemn people are praying and, and, and quiet and they're lighting candles. It was, I was just, yeah, I, I had no idea. It, I was really taken back by St. Patrick, Patrick's Cathedral. It is beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's all inspiring. It's breathtaking. Yeah. I was like, why? I would love to go to the services here. Yeah. <laughs> if I lived in New York, I think I'd join this church. The pictures that I, you sent were just, like yeah, I said, if, were, were I don't know if it did it justice, yeah. but it was pretty amazing. And then we went to Carnegie Hall. There was a, a show that my daughter was really excited about, one of her favorite performers. Derek Klenna, his name is. He was recently in Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Great singer. And he was playing with three other Broadway stars doing Broadway stuff. One was a one of the first people that was in uh, Hamilton. So two ladies and two men, but backed up by the New York City Pops Orchestra at Carnegie Hall. So full orchestra, and they just it was just an incredible night of Broadway tunes and my daughter was in heaven we had a great time and uh yeah so it was a great another great saturday with my daughter in new york city what a blast this past saturday we drove up to uh uh, my daughter's house and uh hung out with her and uh my son-in-law who's a great guy and of course my oldest two grandkids and we we went trick or treating. They they trick or treat the they don't trick or treat on the thirty first, which is I think is a fantastic idea. Uh, they they trick or treat on the Saturday before Halloween during mm. the day from like four to six. Oh, and that's I, great. And yeah. I like that. First of all, it's yeah. a weekend, so you don't have to worry about getting up in the the next day, right? Uh, and uh, you can see it's during the day, so you can see the kids' costumes. You can mm. see how they're dressed and. And it's all, and I, I like it. I like yeah, it. Maybe warmer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a little chilly this, this past Halloween. So <laughs> went up there and hung out with my grandkids and, uh, watched my daughter, my, uh, my granddaughter score a goal in soccer and hung out with my grandson. It just, just a really good week. And you can just get used to that. Anytime I'm hanging out with my grandkids, that's going to be my win for the week. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to have to be a really big deal to beat that for me. <laughs> yeah that is definitely enjoyable she scored a goal that's exciting yeah and she's she real competitive at her age she's uh, she's five years old and <laughs> yes she is a character it's funny she's a character yeah. and she after she she scored her goal she came up to me and she says grampy joe i'm unstoppable <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. What fun, yeah. right? What fun. I could tell. I could tell when I saw her in the back behind you one Saturday. She yeah. was making faces. And yep. 
She's a character. She's got some, yeah, some character. That's awesome. No doubt. How about a resource? You have a resource, hack, any kind of shortcut you want to share with us? So we were talking about, I will teach you to be rich. Remit Sethi is the book I'm reading and check out the Netflix special. He does, it's eight episodes, how to get rich. It's called, and you'll find some interesting stories. I think from the stories, again, I think he's talking with mostly his, his group of people is a younger generation, but he's talking with couples. I felt pretty good listening to some of the things that they were dealing with as far as expenses. Cause I guess I am frugal compared to listening. You know, there was one example of a guy who had a storage unit, like one of these ones with, you know, you pull up the garage door kind of storage unit and he just had stuff in there. <laughs> like, like he paid $400 a month for this thing. And I, I couldn't, for the life of me, understand he didn't have enough room at his house. So he spent $400 a month to store stuff. Can you imagine Mr. Minimalist? Well, that's, that's, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> that would drive me crazy. You're spending $400 a, a, a month to not make a decision on that stuff. And that's yes. really all you're doing. Uh, <laughs> it was, it, it, it was, it, you're spending $400 a month to not have to make a decision. Yeah. They were selling some of the stuff. I think, at like a little flea market thing and he had a microwave he wouldn't give up for less than sixty dollars and Ramit was saying you're spending four hundred dollars a month so you can maybe get sixty dollars for this microwave do like, the math dude right it doesn't make sense i think he finally convinced him to get rid of it you but, always have good book recommendations kurt yeah. and and almost every single time you've made a recommendation uh, when I've picked up the book, it's been a good one. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and I'll almost certainly pick up this one as well. We'll get into the meat of what's what there, what we can pull out of that book. And, uh, yeah, I'm about a third of the way through. So awesome. hopefully by the tech, next time we meet, I'll have something to share with you there. I what's love your resource. I love finding little tricks and hacks and mm. things like that. I just, I just do. And this yeah. is, this is one that I'm sure everybody knows. And I may be late to the game on this, but you know, we are in the age of teams meetings and online meetings. And, uh, you and I are on a, are on a, on a program right now that we're, we're meeting remotely, right. And recording right. remotely. We're, we live in that age right now where zoom is well, all we are recording. We are yeah. recording now. Yes. And we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are, we live in that world right now, zoom meetings and team meetings and, uh, all, whatever you want to call it, whereby's and all these mm-hmm. services. But the, the, the weird thing that I always, uh, that I was experienced when I was in these meetings is, okay, I'm looking at everybody else, but I'm also looking at myself and that just felt weird, dude. <laughs> that just felt weird. It got a little weird. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the truth. You can tell when somebody notices themselves when they're in an online meeting because they start doing stuff like messing with their hair or fixing their shirt and, or, you know, or rubbing their nose or whatever it might be. The truth is when you're in a meeting, you really, you don't see yourself, right? Right. You don't see yourself. Yeah. No. So someone's got to tell you if you got a booger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But if you're in a meeting, you don't typically see yourself. So, so there's not that weird dynamic. And we're not supposed to, when we're, when we're interacting with other people, 
we're not supposed to be looking at ourselves at the same time. Right. I mean, if I if I'm at a regular meeting, I'm not. I don't have a I don't have a mirror there on my right hand side that I'm looking at the whole time as I'm having a meeting around the around the board the boardroom. Are you? Right. No, we're yeah. not. We're not doing that. So this little this little tiny trick that I'm sure everybody knows about, and I was last one to the to the game is you can hide your image. You yeah, can hide I your image. In these- I didn't think about it until you told me. So I love this little trick, and I'm doing it now on this program. Right. There's a big button that says show self now and you got to sometimes find it. It's not easy to find in these different programs, but yeah, if I wanted to see myself, I'd have to hit this button that says show self. And there's a, there's a certain sense of intimacy that you get back when yeah. you, when you hide yourself, cause you're not so much concerned with what you look like or that booger on your nose or how your hair looks or, or whether or not you're centered on the screen or any of that stuff. Right. Well, uh, you're bigger too. I'm not sharing the screen with you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so your life size here, that's my little hack. And I know it may sound silly, but man, it, it has really made a difference for me in online meetings. Uh, I automatically do it now. Teams meetings, uh, whereby, uh, zoom meetings, whatever, whatever meetings we're using, I automatically do it. I just, it's a part of the way I have meetings now. And if somebody talked about this, where we, we could, we've been using this section as a resource, but I like the, the hacking idea and there's a website called lifehacker.com yeah and i got back in the habit since we've been talking to check out that because there's always something in there some article that and they have different topics like on finances so i'm using that to see what they're saying on different hacks yeah like it so that's my that's my resource of the week my resource hack shortcut whatever (laughs) we're calling this little section right (laughs) try it. it i i i invite you to try it i know you have kurt and uh, listening yeah, out there, work. I, I invite I you to try it. It changes the dynamic of the meeting. It's more yeah. intimate. You're paying attention to the person talking, not the, not the reflection of yourself. I agree. I love it. Yep. How about a quote? You got a quote? I do. It's not your salary that makes you rich. It's your spending habits. Charles A. Jaffe. Awesome. That's right. It's not your salary. It's not how yeah. much you make, it's how much you keep, right? That's yeah. Someone else very smart said that too. Yeah. I don't know. And that's what we've talked about this whole time is living beneath your means, paying yourself first. Dave Ramsey says that your salary is your best tool for wealth if you mm-hmm. use it right. And I agree with that, but you gotta use it right. My quote comes from Warren Buffett. And this is something to really think about. When I first read this, I thought, okay, what what does this mean? I want to flesh it out just a little bit, but it comes from Warren Buffett. Of course, the most successful uh, investor, not the richest man anymore, but he's the, by far the most successful investor. Saving is the gap between your ego and your income. (laughs) So if you, if, if I unpack that a little bit, I had to let that sink in for a minute. I knew there was some, there was a gold nugget in there because it just felt like there was right. And when yeah. I think about saving is the gap between your ego and your income, you have to set aside your ego in order to save money. You have yeah. to say what I want right now and who I think I am right now and the image that I want to portray right now is less important than tomorrow. Yeah. I have to set aside my ego. It's that gap. That saving is the gap between your ego 
in your income. Yeah, that's, that's deep. Set aside what other people think about you. Set aside the, the lifestyle that you think that you want, even though you can't afford. Set aside keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, set aside buying a brand new car. All these things that stroke our ego. Set that aside. Because saving is the gap between your ego and your income. I just love that. I yeah. love it. I love it, Joe. I, I had another one that I was, I was thinking of doing. It's a little longer. Save a part of your income and begin now. For the man with a surplus controls circumstances, and the man without a surplus is controlled by circumstances. Henry Buckley. Nice. Nice. Yeah, if you want to be in control of your life, control your spending. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little nugget right there, isn't it? Yep. Joe Taylor, 2023. (laughs) How about that? Good job, Joe. Thanks for (laughs) reminding us of the importance of saving. Make it a priority. Yeah, I like this little conversation. Hey, remember, our website is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. If you want to reach out to us, you can uh, go to our website and join the community, dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook, dudesinprogress.com slash Facebook. And our email address is dudes at dudesinprogress.com. That's dudes at dudesinprogress.com. And as we wrap up here, Kurt, let's remember... If we're no matter if we're saving saving money, if we're on a diet, if we're just trying to improve our life in any way whatsoever, progress is better than perfection. Let's just keep moving forward. Thank you, Joe. I will do better next week. We certainly will. Talk to you soon. Bye.